little review up on the board there. Keep it simple. Kind of this idea of uh, reach up, reach out, and reach in. What do we reach up? What does that mean? Reach up what? To God, right. In, in worship, in prayer, and in the Word. We reach up to Him. We did some of that already, right? We're going to do some more of that too. Uh, reach out. What's that? Reach out to others. Yeah, to people with the good news. The good news of great joy that God's given to us. And then to reach in, what's that? Ourselves, right? For fellowship and for growth. So that's kind of the three things that we're going to focus on that we, we want to try to accomplish uh, together. Now today we're going to start a, a new study in the book of uh, Jonah. But I'm, I want to ask you the question first. Do you ever feel like running? Any of you ever run? Are you, any runners here? Only when you have to, right? Only when someone's chasing you. You ever feel like running? How about running from God? That's a kind of a serious question, isn't it? Do you ever feel like running from God? Why would you ever want to run from God? I think we know. Ultimately, we know why. Because we really have a different plan in mind. We want to go our own way. We want to do something different. We don't want to be obedient. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. That's what we're going to look at today. We have a lot of reasons. But today we're going to look at Jonah because he really speaks to us and the Word of God speaks to us through the life of this man, Jonah. Now, Jonah is one of the books of the minor prophets and... and uh, I was thinking, well, maybe that's because it's in a minor key. Well, no, it's not in a minor key. It's actually a very positive key. It's very uplifting. Minor keys are always kind of sad, you know. And it's not minor because it's not as important as the major prophets, right? It's only because it's shorter, that's all. It's the only reason the minor prophets are called minor compared to the major prophets. So Jonah was one of these minor prophets. He was a prophet, right? Now, when you think about this, the whole context here, we're talking about this guy Jonah, and Jonah was a prophet. You say, why did you say that twice? Because it's important to think about the subject we're talking about today, that Jonah, who was a prophet, which is a prophet was God's messenger, right? That's what a prophet did. He spoke the message from God. This guy Jonah, the messenger of God, what was he doing? He was running from God. He was supposed to be a messenger of God. He was supposed to be tight with God, wouldn't you think? I mean, you've got your apostles and you've got your prophets, and these guys are like, they're on the inner circle there, so, so to speak, sort of. Now, we know that's not necessarily true. I'm just using it as an example. But this guy Jonah, the prophet, was running from God. Makes me think, well, if he can run from God, well, what's to stop any of us from running from God? Say, well, I would never do that. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll see. Now, this particular book, it's not just, it's not a, a collection of prophecies. You look at a, a book like Isaiah and even some of the other prophets, the minor prophets, the major prophets, they're, they're collections of these prophecies that God gave through them. But this, this little book of Jonah is a little bit different in that it's, 
it's pretty much narrative. It's pretty much all a, a story. It's his own story. The story of this man, Jonah. But the underlying message in this is not about running from God. The underlying message is that God loves all. God loves all people. And salvation is for all. But what I want to talk about for a second here first before we open it up and start reading it is is this idea of, of Jonah... I think you kind of get where I'm coming from already, right? Is it fact or is it fiction? I've already said it's about this guy's life. Is it fact or is it fiction? Now, why do people even ask that question? What do you think? Why would they even ask that question? It's an incredible story. Because it's an incredible story. Why? Because there's some miraculous things that happen in there. I want, to use, I want to use that term miraculous. It's not just, uh, you know, things that, you know, about the whale, whether, whether you know, that uh, actually took place. But people hear that, and we'll talk about it. It was actually a big fish. We don't really know if it was a whale or not. But, but they look at that, and they say, well, this is just a big story, right? And a lot of people say that. They say it's fictional. They say it's a short story, or it's an allegory, or it's just a parable. I hate that. When people look at something in the Word of God and they say it's just a parable. Well, Jesus told parables. And he told you that this was a parable. And we know the parables are parables. But when you see something like this, there's nothing in here that says that this is a parable. I've heard people talk about the book of Genesis and say it's a parable. It's like it's just a story which tells us things and it has truth in it. That's horrible, and it's wrong. And I want to say to you today about this little book of Jonah that it's historical. It doesn't present itself in any other way. It's biographical. It's about this man. It's about real events in Jonah's life. You say, why are you making such a big deal about that? I don't know. No, I do know. You see, because when you begin to attack one thing, then you begin to attack something else. If you begin to attack, uh, you know, well, that miracle could never have happened in the book of Jonah. Well, pretty soon, you might as well just throw the whole thing out. And it doesn't stop there, though, does it? It doesn't stop there. The the, the miraculous, see, see, I believe this, that the Bible is full of miraculous events. The Bible is, it's miraculous really from beginning to end, from the very Genesis 1-1 all the way to Revelation. It's full of miraculous events. And and if if that is going to be a uh, criteria by which you say this is true or not true, go somewhere else. Because from the very beginning of the book, God created the heavens and the earth, it says. Is that miraculous? Well, no, it didn't really happen that way. It's just kind of it just it's just kind of a parable. It's just kind of a a story. It's a song of kind of how you know we look at things. That's not the way he talks there. That's not the way the Bible talks through from beginning to end about what Genesis 1-1 is about. If you can't accept Genesis 1-1, you're gonna have trouble with everything else, including what happens in the book of Jonah. 
the creation that begins. What about the parting of the Red Sea? Did that happen? No, we, we can explain that away. What about the parting of the Jordan River? What about the, the people that were healed through the Old Testament and in the New Testament, Jesus touching people, Jesus healing people? But it doesn't stop there, does it? Ultimately, what does it finally get down to? It gets down to the resurrection of Jesus. The life, the virgin birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you can throw out this stuff in Jonah, you might as well throw that out too, and you, and you really have got nothing. You have got nothing if what the Bible says isn't true. you got nothing to stand on. You haven't got anything to hold on to. See, there were people throughout this time, and Thomas Jefferson was one of them, who went, went through the Gospels and took out anything that was miraculous in any way, shape, or form, and actually, like, you know, excised them, took them out. And then he had like a modified New Testament kind of thing. Look it up, you'll see. I'm sorry, but I want the whole thing. I want the whole enchilada, as they say. Right? Some of you like Mexican food. I love Mexican food. <laughs> Jesus, speaking about Jonah, when he spoke about Jonah, he spoke about it as fact. He didn't say, you know the parable about Jonah. No, he says, just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the fish. And he spoke about his own death and resurrection. He said, just like that. He said, people want a sign. We'll look at that as we go on in the book of Jonah. But he says, people want a sign. He said, no sign is going to be given it except the sign of Jonah the prophet. So, was this guy real? Absolutely real. The Bible talks about him. And I think I, you, know, you, you might still be grappling with it. Well, is it real? Is it not real? Well, I want to tell you, I want to I stress to you today that, that this is a true story about this man's life. And I think that's why, for me, as we read it, we can see things that apply to us, that, that, that affect us. Like, we're, we're human beings too, and, and we go through all kinds of stress and trials and troubles, and even, even the decision whether we're going to follow God or not. Even as believers, we have to make decisions every day. Am I going to do what God wants or not? So Jonah, Jonah's time was around 800 B.C., right? To give you a little bit of a time frame, they, they, they know that because it talks about a place that he was prophesying during a certain king who was ruling Israel at the time. And so they can date it. They can pretty clearly date when he lived was about 800 to 750 B.C. And Jonah, it says here, let's, let's go ahead and turn there. I, I forgot to ask you to turn there. Uh, have you all turned there already? You are amazing. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah. Because uh, <clears throat> that's, you know, finding something in the minor prophets isn't always easy. You've got to kind of like look for it, right? Or... or if, you know, like the guy that won't ask for directions, or just go to the index, and it'll tell you exactly which page it's on in your Bible. But do we want to do that? Jonah 1, 1 through 2, let's read it. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. 
Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Go to the great city of Nineveh. This is the word of the Lord. Now, often the prophet would get the word of the Lord for somebody else, right? This is, what, this is about someone else. But this word was directly to Jonah. He, God told him the word of the Lord was Jonah to go and to preach. Now, was this a suggestion? I think sometimes we look at the Bible and what Jesus said and, and we say, well, those, that, those, are, those are nice, nice uh, suggestions. Those are nice things. And, you know, we can kind of take what we like and, and leave what we don't. And, you know, we kind of pick and choose like at the buffet. I'm going to make you hungry now, huh? But you're at the buffet and, you know, you pick, I like that over there, but I don't really like that over there. I'm just going to take what I like and leave the rest. I don't know that we have those kind of options, do we? I don't think so. So the word of the Lord comes to Jonah. Let me ask you today, does God still speak to you and to me today? We may not be prophets, but that doesn't mean God isn't still speaking to you and me today. I believe he does speak today. He and he speaks through his word. He speaks by his spirit. He speaks all different kinds of ways. But, but, but he's still kind of leading us and guiding us and directing us. What did, uh, what did God tell Jonah to do? He told him, this is specific to him, he told him to go and preach, right? He had a message he wanted him to take to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh, the city of Nineveh, was, a, was about 500 miles away. Now, to you and I, 500 miles isn't that bad, right? You get in your car and you can get there in about, well, it depends on if you speed or don't speed. You can get there in about eight hours, right? Now, they didn't have cars. They, didn't, they couldn't get there. So it was going to take them a substantial amount of time to get there. Sometimes the things God asks us to do take a little bit of effort, a little bit of time, a little bit of, of resources, a little bit of a lot of stuff, right, to, to do what God wants us to do. But God always provides, doesn't he? God always provides. When God, God will never ask you to do something that he won't provide for you to do. Where God guides, Chuck used to say it, where God guides, God provides. So he told them to go to Nineveh, and Nineveh is about 500 miles away. It's one of the great the greatest cities of that particular time. It was, a, it was an intense city. It, it had like five walls and three moats in between these walls. And the, the, the thickest wall, the inner wall, was like 100 feet high. And it says they could drive three chariots around on the top of this wall at the same time next to each other. It's like 50 feet wide, this inner wall. So this was a kind of an imposing city. And, and you say, well, oh, But there's a problem with this whole thing. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, but, look at verse 3, but. See, there's always, there's always a reason, isn't there? Well, I don't really want to do that because. God, I know you said that I shouldn't do this or I should do that, and your word makes it very clear about, uh, about the, all the things of life, but we say. You ever say that? But, 
but you don't know me and you don't know the situation and you don't know all about what's going on in this world. He goes, really? <laughs> well, why don't you fill me in then? Right? God wants us to, to fill him in. The biggest problem, the biggest problem with, and there were many problems with this, 500 miles away, that's a kind of a problem, right? But there, were, there are many problems with this, but the biggest problem with, with this situation is that God told Jonah to go preach to the Ninevites. Why is that a big problem? Because they were Israel's enemies. And they were ruthless. They were Israel's enemies. The Israelites hated the Ninevites. And Jonah was a good Israelite. He was no different than others. Even though he was a prophet, supposed to be walking close to the Lord, hearing God's voice. And God asked him to go to the enemies. Not only that, they were Gentiles. Yet, God loved even the Ninevites. God loved the enemies of Israel. See, Israel had this idea of, you know, we are the best. We, we you know, we've got this pride thing happening here, and why would we? But from the very beginning, God had a plan. If you go back to Genesis 12, he said, he said to Abraham, through you all the nations of the earth would be blessed, not just the Jewish nation, but they kind of got away from that, right? You know, I'm just going to take care of me, just us Jews, and we're going to worry about ourselves. We're not going to worry about anybody else. So the question is, for Jonah and for you and for me, does God ever ask us to do something we may not like? Would God ever ask you, God forbid, to do something you don't like? Did your parents ever ask you to do something you didn't like? Does your boss ever ask you to do something you don't like? Sure. So the question we have to ask is, what is our response? What is our response? Well, look at verse 3. We'll see, what did Jonah do? Look at verse 3. Let's read it. But Jonah ran away from the Lord, and he headed for Tarshish. And he went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and he sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. What did Jonah do? It says he ran away from the Lord. And he did that to flee from the Lord. He got on that ship. He sailed to flee from the Lord. This, remember, is a prophet. Say, well, I'm a believer in Jesus. I would never, I would never run away from him. Really? Think about that next time, uh, you know, you realize how, what God wants you to do in your life and how he wants us to live. And we go, well, it's okay if I go this way just a little ways. It's okay if I, you know, I, I, and, and a lot of times we, we, we kind of just close our eyes and we kind of put that out of our memory. We know what's right. We know what God's word has said. But an interesting thing, the, the King James Version says this. It says where he ran away from the Lord. The literal, uh, he says, from the presence of the Lord, the King James, the New King James says. But the literal translation of it is he ran away from the face of the Lord. He ran away from the face of the Lord. That's kind of important, I think. 
See, it speaks to me about this relationship with God. And when you and I run away from Him, we're, we're running away from having that face-to-face relationship. Yeah, we don't see Him, but, but you know, in the Spirit, we, we see His face. We seek after His face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Literally, He ran away from the face of the Lord. Why? Why? Because he didn't like God's plan. He didn't like God's plan. So, so ultimately, you see this happening. He, he goes away from the face of the Lord because he, wants, he doesn't want to do what God wants to do. And so what happens to his fellowship with God? It's broken. It's, it's affected. He's, he's turned away from the face of the Lord because he doesn't want to do what God wants him to do. And it's the same for you and I as well. When we go and do our own thing, when we want to go our own way, it's affecting our walk with the Lord. It's affecting our relationship with him because we are turning away. That's why this word repent means to turn back. Turn back to the face of the Lord. Jonah said, you know what? I don't want to go there. I do not want to go to Nineveh. I do not want to go. And so he said, I would rather run than obey. I would rather run than obey. Wow. Is that heavy? I would rather run than obey. Look at uh, Jonah chapter 4. See a little bit more of of, uh, what Jonah was thinking. Look at Jonah chapter 4. In verse 2, he said, he prayed, it says, he prayed to the Lord, that is Jonah, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious God, a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. See, see, the people of Nineveh, if you know the story already, they repented and God relented the judgment that was sure to come on them. But Jonah did not want that to happen. He did not want God's mercy and grace upon the people of Nineveh. What did he want? He wanted them smashed. They were, they were enemies. He wasn't happy. He, he, thought, he thought, see, God, I knew, this, I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to have mercy on them, so I did not want to go because I did not want mercy on them. Now, that's kind of small-minded, isn't it? Now, whose whose mind is that coming from? The mind of the prophet? The prophet of God or the mind of this little guy, Jonah? Makes me think of, uh, what is that scripture? I was just thinking of, you know, you don't have... In mind the things of God, but the things of men. I, I'm not sure where that is. I just thought of that. So he's got a lot of good reasons. I got all kinds of good reasons. They're my enemies. They're ruthless people, and they were very ruthless people. You know, God, you might have mercy on them, so I'm not even going to take the chance of going there to Nineveh. And what's the answer that God expects from you and I? When he asks us to do something? Yes, Lord. We teach our kids that, right? We ask them to do something, they say, But Mom, but Dad, I don't think I, you know. What do we teach them? What, what do we teach them to say? Yes, okay, I'll do it. 
See, because they don't have all the understanding when they're five years old. They think they do, right? Especially when they become teenagers, they, they, they pretty much know they know everything. And then they become 20 years old and they say, boy, dad, you, you sure have grown a lot. I mean, you sure have figured a lot of things out now. But really, wasn't dad. For us to keep in mind the things of God, you know, lean not on our own understanding, but acknowledge him in all of our ways. That's what we're called to do. So he had a lot of good reasons, and he headed for Tarshish. I want you to see this here. This is where Jonah was from, right? A little place called Gath-Hefer, which is uh, just a little bit north of Joppa. And so to get to Nineveh, like 550 miles. That's, you know, that's a long ways back then, too. But he says, no way, I'm going to Tarshish. Look, that's like five times further. Five times further. Talk about running from God. Does, does running from God make your life any easier? It makes it five times harder. It takes more effort, more time, and more heartache, more trials and troubles when we're running away from God because we're, we're trying to do it our own way. We, we thought, we think we know that if we do what God wants, you know, all this bad stuff's going to happen that I don't agree with, that I don't like, that I don't, I, I, I. How about, yes, Lord, whatever you say, I'm going to trust it to you and do what you've asked me to do. 2,500 miles. It says that he went down to Joppa, right? He went down to Joppa. And again, uh, where he was from was a little bit north of Joppa. It wasn't too far. But really, the idea is that it's a downward direction. It's a downward direction for us when we're running away from God. It's not up. We're not, you know, we talked about reach up. This is reach down. Away from God. He went down to Joppa. It says he went down into the belly of the ship. He went down into the ocean. Not a good, not a good path. Not a good trajectory, as they say. Right? Running from God. Notice it says there, after paying the fare, he went aboard and he sailed. Isn't that kind of ironic? Remember I said earlier that where God guides, God what? Provides. Provides. Was God guiding him to go to that direction? So who had to pay? He had to pay his own fare. He had to pay the way. That's interesting, isn't it? There's a price. He paid to disobey God. We pay. We pay good money. Money that God provides us with to go away from God. Like, what? Insane. Yes. I found a really awesome quote. I wanna, I'm going to put it up on the screen for you because this is really cool. This is by a guy named Donald Gray Barnhouse, who was a, a pastor in Philadelphia. Uh, died around 1960, I think. He says, when you run away from the Lord, you never get to where you are going, and you always pay your own fare. On the other hand, when you go the Lord's way, 
you always get to where you are going, and he pays the fare. Is that cool? I mean, it's cool, but we got to apply it to our lives, right, to make it really cool, right? When we decide to go our own way and to run away from what God's plans and purposes are and just the simple obedience to following him, we're never going to get there. Jonah never got to Tarshish, you know that? You know that? He never got there. He tried, and he had to pay the price, and he never even got there. He paid the whole fare. I heard a story today about uh, someone who was involved in a tournament. He paid the whole fare, and he got there, and he never got to do what he was supposed to do, and there was no refund. No refund. I don't think Jonah got his money back on that one. Do you? But when we go God's way, he's going to get us there. He's going to get us to the end. And he is the one that pays the fare. Is that cool or what? So this futility of trying to run away from the Lord. The futility of trying to run away from the Lord. I read that. It's really futile. So why did we do it again? There was a guy named James Boyce, and he actually became the pastor at, at uh, the same church that Donald Gray Barnhouse was. Later, he became the pastor there, and uh, he's also passed away. But he said this, that the boat was probably named the Wings of the Dawn. That was probably the name of the boat that Jonah got on. Say, so why do you say that? Why does he? Why? That makes no sense at all. Well, I think it does. Let's turn to Psalm 139 and, and let's read what it says there. Psalm 139. We're almost done here. Be patient. Some of you are wanting to run right now. Don't do it. We have donuts today. That's one good reason to stick around. You know what? I think we should... We, I think we should have snacks every Sunday. Not donuts, though. Once a month is good enough for donuts. But can't we have something else like bagels? What else? Cheesecake? No. We'll save that for the potluck. Once a month, we could have something. And maybe, maybe God might put it on your heart to bring something else, something that's a little more healthy than donuts. Salad? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should, really. <clears throat> That's the reaching in part, right? Let's do it. First Sunday of the month, we do donuts. Third Sunday, we have a potluck, so we don't need something. So we still got two other Sundays to think about. Psalm 139, look at verse 7. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn. See it? If I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. 
your right hand will hold me fast. David, right, writing here in Psalm 139, he says, God, you, you, know where I, you, you know where I am at all times. Now, Jonah thought, you know, I can, you know, God, you stay over here. I'm going to go over there. 2,500 miles should be enough distance, and you're going to be back there. Wait, you know, how far do you have to go to get away from God? Is there any distance you can go to get away from God? He says, no. Where can I go from your spear? You, there's nowhere you can go. How about Jeremiah chapter 23? What does it say? Can anyone hide in secret places so that I cannot see him? Declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth? Declares the Lord. Is there anywhere we can go to get away, to run away from God? We think we can. We think we can, but... So, so to get back to our theme here, we... We usually know which way is God's way. We know that God's way is best, and yet we still run. We choose to disobey. We have that choice. You know, God gives us that choice, right? Jonah was a prophet, but he still had some choice in the matter, right? What what was he going to do? We have choices. We make choices every single day. And Jonah ran away. He fled from the presence of the Lord. He fled from the face of the Lord. But I want to leave you with this thought today is that it's much better to run to the Lord. Much better to run to, to flee to the Lord. What does it say in Proverbs 18? It says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it and are safe. The righteous run to it. And in Hebrews chapter 6, it says that that we who have fled to take hold of the hope that's offered to us, so much better to run to Him, to, to flee away from the world and run to Him. So much better. Maybe, maybe in your life, I don't know, it's, it's kind of a strange thought to think that you might actually be in church here today and you're running away from Him. That's kind of a strange thought. If you're running away from God, I don't know that you'd come to church. Unless you're, this is just, you're just doing what you do. You're just going through the motions, but really in your heart, you're running away from him. It's possible, I guess, right? Well, I think God would say to turn back to you and to me when we're doing that. The way is always open. You know the story of the prodigal son. He says he came to himself, the prodigal son. He came to himself and he, and he turned back and went back home to his father. And what does it say? The father saw him a long way off, and the father ran to meet him. The father ran to meet him. Now, that's a pretty powerful picture, isn't it? We run back to him, but he runs to meet us. God's way is always best. We need to trust him that his picture, his big picture, his compassion and love for everybody, even our enemies, even, even if God might say to you, you know, I want you to pray for that person that you really, really hate, that has hurt you really badly, and maybe even to love them. But Jesus said that, right? He said, love your enemies. Kind of an interesting note before we close and pray is this, that Jonah went to Joppa. It says he went down to Joppa, right? 
because he, want, he didn't want to go to, to Nineveh. But later, much, much later, if you remember Peter, the apostle Peter was in Joppa, right? And what happened to him? He had this vision, this dream, right? Uh, and it was all about reaching out to the Gentiles. That's kind of interesting. Just a little side note. No charge for that. So for you and I, we need to trust and obey. That's really what it is. There's no other way. But I want to leave you with this thought is that we are all running. Oh, how about there? We are all running. The question is, which direction? We're all running. I believe that. The question is, which direction are we running? Let's pray, shall we? Our Father, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. It's challenging. It's uh, it's for us, though. It's not some parable. It's the reality of what happened in this guy's life. And if it could happen to, happen to him, and your word says it's written for us to instruct us and teach us. It could happen to us, Lord. And, and sometimes we just want to run away from you because we don't want to hear it. We don't want to know. And we certainly don't want to obey. Father, we're sinful and we're, and we're, uh, we're struggling with these things. So often, Lord. But Lord, may we remember the story of Jonah, this, the account of this man's life that it did not go well for him. And it's so much better to trust and obey, to follow you and do what you've asked us to do, to obey your word, to keep your commandments, Jesus. That's what you said. If we love you, we'll keep your commandments. Father, you know each person in this room and you know where we are, you know who we are. Father, I, I pray you to just, just work in us, Lord, that we might grow, that we might uh, be closer to you and that, that relationship we have with you. The greatest thing in the world is knowing you and, and forgive us, Lord, when we have turned away from your face and sought to go our own way. We turn back to you, Lord. Maybe, maybe there's someone here today who need to make, needs to make a serious about face. And if that's you, you, you can do that right now. You can just turn and say, God, I come. I turn back to you. Forgive me. Maybe, maybe your whole life as you've been running away from God, you've heard about Jesus and, and you just don't want to give your life to him. You're just stubborn. You're stubborn just saying that you just will never do it, but you know that Jesus' way is the only way. And you can do that today. You can turn to him today and say, I come. Lord, I, I'm lost. I'm out here doing it on my own, but I'll never get to the end. I'm not going to get to what I think I'm going for. And I'm paying a big price. So I turn to you today, and I'm going to get to heaven because of what you did and the price you paid. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get to heaven. So I accept you and I trust you. I believe in you today. Lord, help all of us to run to you and not away from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing, shall we?